Frank, UFC 222 is not even 12 hours old, and you and I are up early on a Sunday morning at the Bent Pixel Studios to recap this fight card. That's some podcast dedication right there. And fear of my wife. And fear of your wife. Uh, because I, if I had done this in the afternoon yeah. and took it up family time, yeah. yeah, I'd be in trouble. Well, I, then, then you, you deserve even a bigger pat on the back for getting up early and doing this and looking good, too. Thanks, I mean, man. you're all, like, camera ready is the yeah. other thing, too. This, Surprise, right? Yeah, I figured this was going to be a backwards ball cap day. It's certainly yeah. a beanie day for me. So, uh, Good thing yeah. about being in better shape is I'm starting to be a little more alert when I get up. I guess that's uh-huh. it. I guess that's it. All right. Well, uh, before we get into breaking this fight card down, we do want to let you know that this podcast, just like all Phone Booth Fighting Podcast, is presented by Low T Nation. LowTNation.com is the website for you to go to to find out if you are a candidate for some uh, biological clock rejuvenation. How's that for a phrase? If you're uh, getting a little older, if uh, you're getting a little slower, if you don't quite have the get up and go that you used to then lowtnation.com might be for you all right frank let's say i'm one of those fellas and i go to lowtnation.com and i dial the phone number for the free uh, telephone consultation what happens from there well, after the consultation, they just they basically screen you, see if it's ever going to waste your time, if something that you know, along the lines of what they do is going to be able to help you, and if that's the case that you're hitting some of those uh, those warning check marks that say that yeah you might be a candidate, they'll, they'll schedule an appointment. You'll be able to go down to the lab core where there's any and any there, there's a lab core in every state, and almost every city here. No matter there. where I'm living in in uh, America, I can find one near me. Easy to go, and then once you do, that'll be the most effort on your part, and once you uh, they get the results doctor looks it over can discuss things with your general physician if you like um, and then have the prescription uh, shipped to your house monthly on time convenient can't be any easier i got a solid testimonial by the way from uh, our uh, number one listener joe cockrell uh, about low t nation he's a new client said it was spot on said uh, he was super happy with uh, his customer service there by the way joe he's a secret weapon for us because uh, not only is he a great listener but he uh he trades with a lot of our sponsors and supports the show so i always like to have a little secret shopper out there you know what i mean because i want to make sure our uh, our listeners are happy if they're not happy we're not going to be happy you know so uh i always like to uh ch- two things that uh that we promise you is that uh you know the the products uh or sponsors that we pitch are definitely something we would stand behind and we want to make sure that our listeners do as well joe's the one that got a hold of us too right different guy Different guy. Yeah, Low T Nation is, uh, let me tell you, that is uh, changing the lives of a number of phone booth fighting listeners. Uh, So too many to count, actually, which is a good thing. But Joe did uh, hit me up and say he was really happy with the way everything was going over there. So thanks for letting us know about that. Thanks to LowTNation.com for uh, providing the service. You could be next. Hit them up and uh, let them know that Frank and I sent you. All right, Frank, last night I was at T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. You know who else was there? Travis, Travis is here. That's how you kidnapped Travis. He's just off camera. Travis is back. Uh, He got a rare day off from uh, building that Raiders stadium. Say hello, Travis. 
What's up, guys? Long time no see. It's good to have you here in the Bent Pixel Studios. I realize um, as much as you hate football, now yeah. you have one more reason why you hate football. That's right. It's keeping. I'm like, oh no, man! Now yeah. I just it just dawned on me. I'm like, you're pissed off that yep. he has to go build the Raider Stadium. That's right. And you're like, off oh, of this American football bullshit, and it's driven a big wedge between us and our uh, crack producer. Now, uh, for those of you who have enjoyed the more recent offerings of uh, Porno Mikey, he's still with us. Uh, in fact, I think this morning uh, he is loading out the UFC because, you know, he does like roadie work right. as well. And uh, he told me he was working from like 6 a.m. to noon or something like that, I think loading out. All. So essentially what's happened is – our new girlfriend is at work, so we invited our old girlfriend over. And uh, if, very Cuban of you, yeah. If our new girlfriend gets <laughs> off work early, it could get ugly. Am, yeah. am, I, am I the side piece? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't count if it's your ex, right? Isn't it like a whole that's, like? <laughs> that's what Travis said when I called him. I don't know. I just took his word for it. Anyway, it's nice to have Travis uh, back with us. And uh, uh, like I said, Tra Travis never left the family. He well, just, I keep uh, saying, and then I want to take it a step further. I just want like a foursome. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Mike can do that, and then Travis just comes here and just and becomes part of our uh, banter. Well, now you really crossed the line of good taste, there, Frank. I was, I was, I was tap dancing on the line, and you just pushed us right over it. There, oh, come on, man, this, that's disgusting. Polygamy is good. What you're suggesting, uh, anyway? Yeah. So Travis was at the fight last night. Took his uh, his whole family out and his his son for his 13th birthday, and so he was there, so he can chime in with uh, some fight thoughts uh, as well. But I'll tell you what, Frank, UFC 222, for a card that was significantly affected by injury, because remember, this was supposed to be Max Holloway defending his interim uh, uh, featherweight title against uh, uh, Frankie Edgar, or not even his interim title now, because Connor's been stripped of that, uh, but the, the featherweight title against Frankie Edgar, um, and Holloway got hurt. So Edgar, uh, being Edgar, took a short-notice fight against uh, blue-chip up-and-comer Brian Ortega. We'll talk about that fight momentarily, but that meant that the headlining fight was Chris Cyborg defending her women's featherweight title against Yana Kunitskaya. That fight was originally supposed to be, it was never scheduled, but the hopes were that it was going to be Cyborg defending against women's bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez. Uh, Nunez couldn't make that fight happen on her schedule, so Cyborg took Kunitskaya. Uh, Kunitskaya was coming over from Invicta. She is uh, probably most notable over there for holding their bantamweight title, splitting a pair of fights with uh, former Invicta bantamweight champ Tanya Evinger. Uh, she won the uh, vacated title Konitskaya did after Evinger herself came over to the UFC to fight Cyborg. So that's the whole lineage there. But me explaining the lineage uh, probably took longer than the fight did uh. because um, uh, Konitskaya was TKO'd by Cyborg in short order. And this fight went pretty much exactly as just about everyone expected it to. Cyborg came in a, a huge favorite. Um, yeah, that's why I kind of like uh, this morning I walked in, you're like, hey, did you see it? I was way more interested in Luis Ortiz and Dante Wilder. Oh, yeah, I mean, right, And I'm an right. MMA guy, and I'm more yeah. interested in boxing because I'm like, oh, that's a competitive fight. Yeah. This one, I'm like, dude, like, in fact, actually, last night I was eating dinner with Raymond, 
and Sean, my wife, uh, Jennifer, and then uh, we're out to dinner with Jose Canseco and his girlfriend, uh, and Morgan, I believe. And, and so uh, they were, you know, I, I was trying to make a joke, like, hey, there's a Cuban fight tonight, you know, you know, we're two and a half Cubans right now, you know. Yeah. And like, oh, cool, like, oh, isn't there a UFC fight? I'm like, yeah, but who gives a shit? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, the cyborg chick, and I, I put her on, I said, she has about as much of a chance of losing a fight as I do right now if you told one of those guys in the bar to come jump me. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, there's just, this girl has... Yeah, I mean, it was of no interest unless Cyborg slipped on the way to the cage and broke her foot, and probably still could win then. At that point, I, I didn't see it as competitive. I, I I didn't understand why this wasn't a record for the biggest divide in odds of all time. Mm, yeah, and and it maybe because not enough was known about Kunitskaya, that might have actually made her less of a oh, people uh, might have thought a little of a dark of a, horse here like, possibly yeah. i mean who knows with with uh w- with the odds makers Dude, but pretty but, much anybody cyborg fights right now at 45 name one yeah. person you think even has well listen a, he, a half a chance let me tell you why that's problematic for me to do if you look at the ufc's website they don't have women's featherweight rankings they don't have enough featherweights to rank. I don't think they want to make it very obvious that like we made a weight class just for one chick. Right, but but <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the obvious uh, challenge of the situation right now. Now uh, Konitskaya, I mean to, to to give some credit here, um, she had the, the right, gloves. Well, she had the right that she had the right game plan going in as far as trying to close the distance. Uh, she tried mightily to uh to to try to execute a, a a takedown and it really came after getting dropped but holding on to a leg and trying to pull cyborg down with her she even yeah, sort of halfway a, took her back at one point yeah, Travis. Then, she got but, but, one but you hook just in. see the difference in athletics sure. power no yeah she has her in a tight waist from behind look jumping up and putting in double hooks at the same time it can work Putting one hook and kind of trying to sag your way up on the, you got to return them to the mat. There's just fundamentals of wrestling, but that works with someone who's your own size. Yeah, just like if I go wrestle with you know Demetrius Johnson, he can't return me to the mat. It's not because he's more technical than I am or, or less technical. It's because there's a huge power size difference, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody. Cyborg is just a different kind of athlete. She is making a hard cut down to featherweight. And all these girls are, are not even featherweights. Like, the, like even that thought I just told you, like, hey, name someone you think has a shot. The only person I can think of that might be able to, like, make it competitive is Amanda Nunez. But once again, Amanda is a true bantamweight. She's not a featherweight. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be like, it'd be, again, us talking about John Jones and everybody we got to pick to try to beat him is really a welterweight. Mm-hmm. All right, who can we get from welterweight to move up and challenge this true light heavyweight who's a beast amongst light heavyweights? You, like, it's just screw Well, I, uh, I asked her also about Megan Anderson in the press conference. We'll play some audio of that momentarily because I did talk to, to Cyborg. Um, Cyborg but, is the only time right now I feel honestly, and, and MMA is a crazy sport, and I'll never say this. We're like, well, there's always a chance. You know what I mean? It's like shit always can happen. I feel now there's finally an athlete that I can say that, dude, bet the house. I don't yeah. care what the odds are. Even if you're only going to make a dollar, it ain't a risk. Yeah. You're never going to lose your money with her. As long as it's a featherweight fight. <laughs> as long as it's a featherweight yeah. fight, she's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Well, let's, let's uh, cue, Travis, cue up Cyborg there, if you will, in the post-fight press conference because I, I did uh, get a couple of questions in with her. And, um, you know, she, she took uh, no damage. Uh, she should be. Hey, did you like the makeup? Did I like what? Did you like her weigh-in makeup? Oh yeah, that was, I dug it. Yeah, dude. I thought that shit was cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
kind of a Cyborg Brazilian is not theme. Going to be walking a runway anytime soon. You know what I mean? She's not the. Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for here, real quick? Because I don't want her to ever beat me up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's not. Uh, 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 go ahead. Technically beautiful. Or I'll what? just. I'll just be over here. You go ahead. <laughs> Help me out, dude. I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Classically, one. she's not classically beautiful. Okay. She's you know, but but she looks like a warrior chick. Mm-hmm. Like shit. Like right now, if like we were to do like a you know uh, an Amazon warrior death princess jumping out of the woods like I'm going to skin you alive like when she dressed like that I'm like yeah that's what I would envision if you had to cast a role right now for the baddest bitch in the world yeah. showing up and going to take your head off when she had the eye makeup on I'm like that fucking looks cool man like yeah. it kind of like it got me going you know death princess is uh my favorite uh grindcore band by the way <laughs> is um, it really a, yeah uh, no it's not I just uh, made it, yeah it, uh, someone needs to name themselves Death Princess. They should. They that is a badass should. name. It's a good name. I think that she's going to have to acquire that. Fuck Cyborg, Death yeah, Princess. Yeah, the Death Princess. All right, so uh, as I said, Cyborg, uh, it, it, now the path is clear. I mean, uh, Dana White came in, and we'll hear from him momentarily too, but Dana White came in just uh, excited as he could be about the, uh, the, the pending prospect of making a fight between Amanda Nunez and uh and cyborg but i did she ain't gonna take it they're gonna have to offer her so fucking nunez well she doesn't want it now yeah no i she she does but but the thing is she could because amanda nunez is a badass bantamweight champ she can stay dominant in her weight class why move up and take an ass whooping by this chick well you know what i think that is i think it is two women's divisions that right now are lacking depth in terms of star power obviously the featherweight division but even the bantamweight division as well because you know nunez came along and uh and you know beat misha tate but then knocked out ronda rousey in a fight that she handed misha tate her ass too Yes, she did. She but, walked but, through her. But I'm talking about building star power in terms yeah. of, if you remember, because Ronda wouldn't do any press around that fight, yeah, yeah. they didn't have Amanda do any 100%. either. So what she kind of ended up with was, before you knew it, you just woke up one day and you had a mystery guest as your Bantamweight champion. Yeah. So because of that, I think you've got two divisions that that rather than go to whatever the the – logical contender in that division is they're much stronger together than apart in terms of selling a fight i think that's what yeah but you is. created two weight divisions to begin with you, you created yeah. this 45 pound division yeah so then you have so now you're going to steal the the hype or the glory of the bantamweight by getting her ass kicked yeah and then it's like all right well and then now you're back to the same problem we had to begin with so what's your next fight so after what, that. What, what do you have after Amanda Nunez? They need to take the time to build up the featherweight club. They, they built yeah. it. They made a champion. They have one, but they need to go ahead and do a reality show. Yeah. Do the tough enough, have, you know, or the tough show, do a 145 pound weight class. I think they need to go that route. And if I was Amanda Nunez, and if you're listening, Amanda, don't take this fight for less than $5 million because you're only doing it for the company. Yeah. They're the only ones that are going to win in this. They're wow. the ones doing it. Do it. I would not take it for less than five million bucks. Boy, professional advice. How how pissed would Dana be? He's already got a deal with Tito managing Cyborg. What if Frank shows up as Amanda Nunez's manager? Yeah, I mean, we'll do the fight. The offices, but it's five million. Well, so he's bucks. already got we. He's already got yeah, this already deal together. We. Yeah. She needs to only do it for five million because it's Amanda Nunez. It's her legacy. It's her. Yeah. She can come out as an extremely dominant. The, the chick's a f- well-rounded black belt in jiu-jitsu. She's a great athlete at bantamweight. She's long. She's powerful. She hits like a truck. You know, all these great things going for her. It's just that 
you're asking her to beat a girl who's also a powerful girl who outweighs her. On the night of the fight, she'll be 15, 20 pounds bigger than her. Yeah. You know what? If I'm going to take that beating in front of everybody and, and have to hurt myself, I need to be taken care of for it. And that's how she needs to think. And if the UFC it means that much to them, they make enough money, go ahead and pay her that. Just put that in front of her. This is what I want. And I would publicly go forward with that. Hey, you know, you, you know, because then Dana's going to do that. Are you afraid to fight? Be a champ. Fighters fight. Dude, you're a fucking uh, businessman who's overweight behind a desk. You're not a fighter. You don't know anything about fighting. In that aspect, you don't know what it feels like to walk out there in a cage in front of 20,000 people. So, you know, no. Don't fall, don't fall for that shit. You know what I mean? Where they're laughing at you afterwards, cashing their checks. Make your money, too, off of the situation, and then go ahead. Then you can go out there, and, and she might have a chance at it. I'm still betting on Cyborg. Even as much as high as I'm on Amanda Nunez at, at Bantamweight, it's just that Cyborg at Featherweight is just a different fucking animal. Well, Megan Anderson is also out there, and uh, I you're going to hear me ask Cyborg about her because Megan at one point was scheduled to fight Cyborg. If you don't know the name, uh, Megan has competed in Invicta, held her featherweight title. Uh, Travis and I were talking about this off air. Most recently fought, I think it was January of last year, beating Charmaine Tweet. And she is a legit featherweight. She's a legit six feet tall. Would you say you heard she walked around at Travis? Yeah, on her uh, breakdown on last Thursday, she says she walks around at one seventy five or one eighty. Yeah, yeah. So size but wise, you see her move. She's a tall girl, but she's still kind of man. Right now, if we were playing pickup sandlock football, I pick cyborg before I pick you. You know, I'm just yeah. saying she's just. Not only is she a big athlete, but she, her just her joints and the way she moves, she's an athlete. Yeah, you know what I mean. She's. I mean, we could play any sport in the world right now, and if you say, "Hey, pick a girls' team," and I'm putting her on there. You know what I mean? At least with Megan, though, you're talking about somebody who's not going to have a uh, size to make up for. Now, the, the 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 bizarre thing about her, though, is that when this fight was scheduled, she had some sort of visa issues that yeah. nobody completely understood from australia right again yeah, yeah and and i never heard a legit explanation of that because she wasn't able to fight due to some sort of issues but now she's in america and travis because she does that uh podcast with laura sanko right yep. she um you were saying she's been in america for a while now yeah yeah according to her she said she was ready to go she wanted the fight was asking for the fight, and she was shocked when they announced this this Kunitskaya girl. So she called her manager and said, "Dude, what the fuck? Like, why is I? Why is nobody talking to me?" She's like, "I want that fight." I just don't know no what her, I, I just don't know what her work issues are. Maybe I'm the last to know. Yeah, but, well, visas are just confusing as shit. I feel bad. Yeah. For people. Especially, you know what? <laughs> that could be a whole show on itself. If you do shit the right way, it seems like it screws you. Yeah. You know, you, you do shit the wrong way here, you can go ahead and just work and do everything else. But just, but but let's say if she is not completely legally cleared to to work in America for whatever reason. She has to understand the UFC can't very well book a pay per view yeah, and just hope there's not going to well, be a pay per view. She's here on a problem. tourist visa only, you know. Yeah. You can't technically work, you know, and that's yeah. why when we go over, and the UFC is really good about that. Their production crew, you know, I mean, at least when I was there, I don't know the new people how well they handle it, but I mean, when we go and fight in Australia, Brazil, whatever, all those X's and O's are, you know, the, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. Like, you know, yeah. you understand what you're going into so that we don't have these situations. So that's why she was pulled before him because if there is some kind of issue where she marked down the wrong class of visa, 
and she's here, she can be here totally legal, but you can't work. You know, just and that's a problem. You know, that, you know, you don't want to open up the door, and especially with Dana, you know, backing up more right wing conservatives. All of a sudden, it's like you yourself are going to have an illegal, you know, a work issue where you have an immigrant now, you know, a non U.S. citizen who's working under the wrong visa, so the taxes issue gets thrown off. You become what everybody on that side is actually fighting against. It's like, well, wait a minute. So what's the difference between you and the guy who hires 20 Mexicans to go pick up the fruit? Who, you know, they're not, they don't have proper work visas, you know? That's when um, Dana White's going to turn on Donald Trump when it burns him on a pay-per-view. Some fight falls through because isn't of, that crazy? Everybody politically is always on their self interest. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because of <laughs> <Imagine> uh, that <laughs> immigration issues. Yeah, it's already uh, it's already put uh, Gay Guard Musasi yeah. in limbo a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. He, he might not even. Be, yeah, at least she can come to the country. He <laughs> might not even be able to. Be, no he might get stopped at the airport with a, a two hour cavity search. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's listen to uh, my couple of questions with Cyborg here because I do specifically ask her about Megan Anderson because Megan tweeted last night, "Congratulations." on the fight now let you and i fight and um cyborg uh, uh offered her rebuttal to me last night at the post-fight press conference chris uh megan anderson tweeted out her congratulations to you tonight and then she also said that she would like to have a fight with you now i i know obviously everybody would like to see the fight with amanda nunez but if for any reason that fight stalls the way it did before and I, I know originally we were supposed to see you fight megan anderson would that be a fight you would be interested in taking you know i you know this is my job i'm the champion who is going to be ready for fight with me i'm going to be ready you know megan anderson is supposed to fight her before holly Holm. it's not my fault that this fight don't happen you know she's tweet but she really cannot fight you know she's really have to handle her problem with usc for make this fight happen and one more from me, if you could compare and contrast going the distance with Holly Holm compared to tonight, which was very quick work for you, just the general feeling uh, after the fight, obviously you took no damage tonight, but do you have a physical sense of you could be back in there very quickly? You know, Holly's the real fighter, you know, when I start touching her, like you see Anna, when I touch her, she's one take down, and then when you see Holly, she's have a lot of experience, you know, I respect that, and because it's we make an amazing fight, you know, December, and yes. There we go, thanks Travis. You know what, she's I will, on me. what's that? You know Actually, what? I was gonna. Start I was gonna you know what? Cyborg. Yeah. I used to like. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, if everybody was making jokes about her looks, I wasn't the first one to defend her. But I don't know what she's doing differently and stuff. She actually, uh, maybe I'm just attracted to people that could kick someone's ass. Like, no, uh, no, she's actually looking. Is she not looking more attractive? I, I think she is. And here's the thing about her too. She is. She. Oh, the she, nicest human being. In she's the world. charming. Yes. Yeah. I mean that. Sorry. That maybe. Maybe. So were those chicks that, that, that would date the to me. guy because of personality, huh? Well, t uh, yeah, I mean, to me... Mrs. It, May would say that I am, 100%. That Do you know you that what? she... Oh, my wife yeah. is the hottest girl I've ever talked to, mm -hmm. dated in any form. Every girl you've ever seen me with before, she always make jokes. She's like, the fuck is that? I'm like... She's really cool. Like I've always more been a girl's friend, and like, oh, hey, yeah, we yeah. can have sex too. This is cool. Yeah. I'm that guy. You know what I mean? So like, I've been. At, I remember once I was at a bar with a friend of mine, and he goes, "Hey, where's your, your girl's here?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's over there." He's like, "He's looking." He's like, it was almost like the shallow owl thing. Like, which one's your girl? I'm like, her. Shut the fuck up, dude. Come on. You need a pep talk or something? Like, no, I like her. She's cool as shit. Like I got like I had to like defend my girlfriend all the time oh, how ugly she was. Who was what? What kind of friend says that? I would say that. 
Travis would say that. Boy. Travis, yeah. would you bust my balls? <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Yeah, see. Yeah. Um, no, I, I find Cyborg very charming. Yeah. And, and she is always... Uh, I sort of find myself attracted to her now. She's she's always very pleasant. And, and you're right, though. I mean, I, let me tell you. I, I have a longstanding belief... <laughs> this Frank is uh, is trying to corrupt Travis's son over here. To He's get Travis's his, uh, son. I don't think I can corrupt yeah. him. I'm just going to guide him the way of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. No, if, if you'd have been with us all night, we did a pretty good job of corrupting him. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's just a man thing. It drives my wife nuts. I'm like, hey, son, hey, look over there. And she's like, are you really showing Cage a girl's butt? I'm like, I am training him how to observe that girl's ass and not draw attention to himself. Uh, I see. I see. I Well, the thing to me is about about – a girl like cyborg is i've had a long-standing belief that i can see a girl in a room and you know she might be a girl that everybody's staring at but after you talk to her for five minutes she's not even attractive anymore like something physical can happen if 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 she has an off-putting personality or stupid or whatever it's just like i don't even see attractive anymore and conversely I've seen it where you see a girl, okay, maybe she's not the first girl you notice in a room, but if you talk to her for five or ten minutes, all of a sudden she's the only girl in the room. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a cyborg fan. I'm glad to see you say that because I, I was just about to say, uh, in all seriousness, when we got done listening to her, that uh, I was going to tell you she charms me. Yeah, no, her eyebrows, yeah. her skin, you know, and she's looking yeah. good, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know a little secret about me and cyborg? Uh-oh. You know what? If Travis would say that to me right now, I'd be like, all right, dude, fucking tell yeah. me, right? You know? But with you, it's like, what did you do? Because I know that there's nothing diabolical whatsoever. No, it's, it. it's completely you are the, innocent. You are the nicest. Like, if there ever was angels and demons, I know you're an angel. Yeah. And I'd have to confess that I'm a demon. Right? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> If we had a sitcom... Uh, like they would, that's what they would do with the, uh, the CGI is whenever somebody was having a moral dilemma, they'd have you oh, all right. red on their oh, shoulders right. and the, that, that, that me in me. the white robe. Yeah. You are the white robe guy. <laughs> no, it's a little secret is, uh, uh, sometimes not very often, but, but a couple of times, uh, on Instagram, cyborg will leave me a comment, a little post. And a lot of times it's like a little heart. I don't know. I, I, it's never gone further than that. I think it's completely innocent. I think she's involved. I'm involved as well. But it's just, uh, I was like, huh, a little heart there. I'm yeah. cyborg. That is definitely the safest man in the world to send a heart to. I hope it's not Tito running her Instagram account. It could be, which I would take that too because I like Tito. But, I think it's uh, actually her her manager slash boyfriend. Is his name Ray? I don't know. Travis, goes on don't, all the podcasts don't ruin there. that for me. I, I don't want to. I don't mean, I, I'm just, I'm not assuming. Are you taking it away from Richard? Come on. Yeah. It's this moment. All right. Well, Tito is a nice guy, though. I really like yeah. Tito. I think I think Tito is one of the first pioneers of being a very good manager fighter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like my wife and I always talk highly of him. You know? you know what he took? He took some heat when he first started managing Cyborg because he had to get up, and do the press conferences, and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, something's going right because she's happy with him. She stayed with him. Look at where she's at. She got the you know the UFC to build an entire division specifically you for know, her it just okay look there's a it's called a logical fallacy right when you sit there and it's like a, what is it, odd hominin where it's like well who are you to say that statement right mm -hmm. so meaning that like if for example you know your radio persona you you have experience i've never dj'd a radio show right mm -hmm. so if i were to is that the word dj it or what is it it's yeah okay oh, it's fine 
right there, giving away that I don't know shit yeah. about it, right? But it'd be like if I gave you like, hey, you know, Richard, I think that you know you shouldn't do this because of this, and I give an opinion on it, right, off of a fact of what I think, uh-huh. and you go, well, who the fuck are you? You've never done it, or vice versa. If you say, hey, Frank, you know, when you throw your right hook, I notice you kind of drop your hand real low here, and I see a big opening, and 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 look at these fights here where a southpaw's been caught with a left hook, and I go, yeah, but have you ever fought? Now, so that's a way, and that's not true. Like, if you make a true statement, I shouldn't attack the person saying it by going, well, where's your experience? Yeah. It doesn't make that statement any less true, right? But there's something, like, but then, and I used to really firmly believe in that. And as a martial artist, it's really helped me out in my career. I've had guys, I just had a guy the other day in the gym at Mayweather's. He saw me throw a kick. He goes, hey, are you okay with taking advice? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, remember the kick goes with your knee points? I'm like, yeah, you know what? You know what? You're right. I'm missing that. You know what I mean? And, and some guy that I don't know who the fuck knows what, but he pointed out something that made me think, you know what? I wasn't even paying attention to that. Oh, thanks for the the tip. Boom. I took the point of advice. And, there's, and, and look, out of 10 times that happens, nine times I listen and, and mm-hmm. it's not useful information. I have to discard it, but I still listen to you. But I think there's something about, like, you know, when Bella's wrestling yesterday and she's having a hard time, you know, her first match, she lost her ever first. She had to do a round robin with a girl. And the very first time she's lost to a female in a competitive match, she lost yesterday. And she's having a hard time and everybody's, like, trying to console her. And I'm just, I'm being more ruthless than probably my wife would like me to be. But I know what Bella's mind is going through. I'm like, we're not going to sit here and fucking feel sorry for ourselves. We're only going to take what information is going to assist us in winning in the next match. She does this, this, and this. You know, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, but that's because I've been there. You know what I mean? So there's some kind of experience of being that guy that, like, look, I know what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where you are. So I think that Tito being a fighter manager. There's something about another manager asking you to do something like, okay, like, you know, like if, if, for example, Amanda Nunez is manager going, you know, I really think we should take this fight. It's like, now, wouldn't you think it'd be better coming from me going, I know what it feels like to fight someone who's 40 pounds bigger than you and getting hit. Yeah. So we're going to make sure it's compensated financially, blah, blah. So you're looking at me going, I know what you're feeling. And I'm not going to send you into a room that I've never been in myself. I'm not asking you to go in there, hey, go jump those three guys. Hey, have you ever been in a fight? No. But I need you to go beat those three guys up. You're like, you're asking me to go get jumped right now. Yeah. You've never been jumped? No. I'm sorry. It just it kills my motivation to want to follow you. It's like that general that leads from the front. You know what I mean? Like I like that type of mentality. So I think that's what Tito really has going for him is he's that general who's really, you know what I mean? He's on the front line with you. I mean, if you sit there behind a desk and you tell me to charge a hill, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, bastard. You know what I mean? You know, like, all right, Dana. You know yeah. I mean? But if you're out there with me and bullets are buzzing by your head, you know, and you're like, all right, man, we got to charge this hill. I'm like, and I'm taking the lead. I'm like, really? No shit. All right, motherfucker, let's go. You know what I mean? I'll follow you into battle. You know what I mean? So that's why I think that Tito, I like that. And I think that we're going to see more of that management and, and head coaches that have actually been in a cage taking that role. And it just, it's really one of the positives I see that our sport is going into. You know, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't have a coach or a manager that ever fought. You know what I mean? Like, the sport was too young. Yeah. Well, um, I think we're going to get uh, Cyborg and Amanda Nunez uh, maybe in July. I mean, uh, that's no, no specific dates were promised, but the one thing we know about the the Midsummer Classic for International Fight Week is we've got Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic in a super fight. Could it be a two super fight card? Quite possibly, I think so. The other option uh, would be Max Holloway and uh, Brian Ortega. Let's talk about that. <sighs> they need to, Ortega's on the map, but I still feel like you know, in like, eh. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's not like, quite the star that's, power just yet, here, right? Here, yeah, that's the problem with this situation. Mm-hmm. Frankie Edgar is valiant. I'm glad he took a dangerous fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's where you're, again, as a manager, if I was a manager fighter, Frankie, he wants to take this fight. Like, no, Frankie, we're not taking this fight. Why? Because this is a dangerous fight. This guy is big. He hits hard. He's, he's knocked out everybody he's fought so far in the UFC. You know, and if you go out there and just barely beat him, it, it makes us look worse going mm-hmm. into our Max Holloway fight. We're going to also take the time off. You've, you're an older athlete. You've been fighting for a long time. You've earned your title shot. You've earned your, fuck, your place in UFC lore. You're going to be a fucking Hall of Famer. We don't have to give a handout to this kid Ortega to help him out. And, and, and I know what you're thinking. You're a warrior. You want to say no to battle. So guess what? You say you fucking hate me. I'm the manager who steps in and goes, nope. We have a contract together, and I refuse to let him fight. So make me the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the asshole. And I'm sure that he would look at me and go, you are the asshole. I want this fight. Well, guess what? I'm doing what's best for you. You taking this fight is not what's best for you. You have nothing to gain. The other kid, Ortega, has everything in the fucking world to gain. Even if he fights you in a close war, his stock goes up and your stock drops. Who wants those kind of fights? Well, Frankie Edgar, being Frankie Edgar, took this fight and uh, paid the price. Got finished for the first time in his career. Brian Ortega, now 13-0 and with five finishes in the UFC, came into this fight ranked uh, number three as a featherweight. Edgar ranked at number two. And I'll tell you what about this fight. Even though Frankie was stopped in the first round, Frankie looked good. Oh, he was winning Frankie the fight. Frankie was like Frankie. Frankie. He came in. There was an immediate speed difference. Yep. Uh, he uh, has boxing, everybody. Boxing difference. Footwork, footwork, angles, in and out. Yeah. It immediately looked like I picked Frankie to win the fight simply for that reason. Yeah. I thought, you know, uh, Ortega's going to have an advantage uh, with jiu-jitsu if this goes to the ground, but that's why Frankie's not going to let it go to the ground. This fight's going to stay standing. I, I, if I were to give Ortega, I certainly did think he had a chance, but to give him a chance, I would have never thought that he was going to knock out Frankie Edgar. And that's what was most impressive about right. this fight. There was nothing wrong with what Frankie was doing no, or his game plan. Absolutely not. But he got caught with an elbow yeah, that, that was, a, it was, I mean, this was like a, a John Jones highlight yeah. reel type elbow. And Ortega does have very long arms like John does. So, you know, when you fold up one of those elbows, it's almost like a. a, a yeah, he a, turned his hip with it, stepped down on yeah. the lead foot. He did a perfect tie slashing down elbow and just caught him. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rocked Frankie with the elbow, dropped him with a devastating uppercut. And uh, as I said, becomes the first person to ever finish Frankie Edgar. And uh, Ortega now has the longest finishing streak in the UFC with uh, six. That made his uh, his six, and he's finished ten out of his fourteen wins. So with that, Ortega gets a shot <laughs> at Max Holloway. Yeah, for Edgar. You know, and, and and again, it's no slot to Edgar. I, I I felt that Edgar could have won the fight. If you'd have told me right now, okay, hey, real quick, they're about to fight in five minutes, bet. They were to fight again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I would still take Frankie Edgar because I think Edgar, honestly, the more I, over the years I've seen different fighters, I think Frankie Edgar might be the most skilled fighter in MMA ever as far as the prototypical perfect way to fight. His combinations, how he leads from takedowns to, to punches to kicks – if I had to sit there and you say, hey, Frank, it's the Matrix. We're going to download someone's programming into your brain right now. I'm like, oh, Frankie Edgar. I wouldn't even second guess you. No, no, Frankie Edgar. Demetrius Johnson. I'm like, 
Demetrius is awesome too. He's right there, but Frank Yeager is just to me is just the only reason why Frank Yeager has not been just you know a, a 15-time defending world champion is just that the weight classes gaps are too fucking big. If you look at pro, uh, or excuse me, if you look at you know collegiate and, and international wrestling, they don't have 10-pound weight differentials at that size. Mm-hmm. Um, professional boxing, you can go up a difference of three or four pounds and you have a different weight class because when guys are smaller in correlation to their size or percentage. It's a bigger difference. You know, someone being 20 pounds bigger than me at 260 to 280, it, it, that's the difference of like a five pound difference down there at the 130s. 20 pounds my size, but then as you go down, it's in comparison to percentage of your body weight. You know, it's like I can lose five pounds by skipping breakfast. You tell, you know, Demetrius Johnson, hey, we need you to drop five pounds the next hour. He can't just skip breakfast. He's going to be bouncing around for a little while because mm-hmm. five pounds in percentage to his weight. So I think Edgar is just screwed that, that you know, 35 I think is too difficult of a cut for him. And still 45, he still looks small against everybody he fights at featherweight. Yeah. You know, I mean, he almost has the length of a guy who is – at the bantamweight weight class, but just can't quite cut down the muscle tissue to get down there and, and effectively be able to perform. I, I, I'm a big fan of in the future, just the, as the sport evolves, and you know we have so many fighters now, we need more weight classes. And I think that guys like Frankie Edgar suffer from the lack of. I mean, I mean, we can go through. I mean, there's guys, I mean, Cowboy Cerrone is one that I, if there was a, a, a 63-pound weight class, Cowboy Cerrone's the undefeated champ right now. You know I mean? He just, 170, He's just not that big of a melter weight. 55, he's so sucked down that he just doesn't fight himself sometimes. That's a 15-pound weight difference, you know. If you had that in the middle, I think that guys like that would, would definitely benefit. And I think Frank Giger is one of those guys. Yeah. Well, he's uh, that's something for him to think about moving forward at this point because he's one of those guys that, you know, obviously former lightweight champion, but in terms of what's happened with him at featherweight, and I think it's been particularly dictated by the losses to Jose Aldo, you know, he gets he gets close, can't quite capture yeah. that title, and then gets bumped back down. He'll stay a top five contender, yeah, win a couple of more. That dude's dangerous, man. He's yeah. still, I mean, if I had to... He's not somebody I'd want one of my guys to fight, you know. I'm like, fuck, this guy's, you know, he's so skilled. And then up until now, you know, he his forward motion running into that elbow really crashed, you know. And, yeah. And, and I, and I, I mean, for anybody at home that's never put on boxing gloves, running into a punch is the most powerful fucking thing. I mean, you know, they say it's the one you don't see. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. It's the one you run into is the worst. I've yeah. I've been clipped with shots I don't see, but the worst is is like I jump forward to throw a jab and you throw a straight right hand at the same time and I mate into your fist. Well, now my brain is going one direction and body inertia. I'm basically like a wide receiver over the middle, you know, for an American football analogy. And you're that linebacker that sees me. And as I extend out to catch the ball, my body's heading west and now you send it going east. My brain is still going west. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's a massive concussion, you know, And, and that's what really happened to Edgar in that fight. Well, I've been a fan of Brian Ortega now for a while, and uh, I particularly like his submission skill set. I know we got the knockout. Yeah, last his guillotine was a good threat. In fact, when he went for that at first, I was kind of yelling at him in my brain. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, crossface! You don't go for a guillotine on Edgar. He's gonna fucking throw you through the ropes." Or over the cage, and and when he locked up the guillotine, and to see Edgar back out of it, I'm like, wow, that guy has a good good submissions. Yeah. That not only he can feel, but then in training leading up to it. I mean, Edgar's a black belt, right? Under, yeah. Over there, at, at, Mark Henry. Uh, yeah, and uh, Ricardo Almeida. Uh, Ricardo Almeida. Oh well, uh, yeah. Of course, Hound, right? Yeah. Um, 
he felt it and backed off. Trust me, if he would have yeah. felt that guillotine and not been threatened by it, he would have just drove a double, spun his legs up and slammed, spiked him into the mat. Yeah. But so, I mean, you're right. His submission's top notch. Yeah. I mean, if you remember the standing guillotine he got on Cub Swanson. Yeah. And that that's really, to me, when, when it came to the only other fight I've ever seen of him. Well, when it came, but that, you know what? That's the, that's the other one of note. To me, that was his coming out. Part. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had strung together wins and finishes, but that was the one where it was serious step up in, level of competition once i saw him be able to hang uh well not only hang but defeat uh cub swanson the way he did i didn't have any question as to whether or not brian ortega belonged in this fight with frankie edgar i just favored edgar with his experience his speed his footwork i mean all the things that he was doing right uh in the fight up until uh he got caught so uh now we uh look ahead to brian ortega and max holloway probably sometime uh, over the summer all right, um, also in uh, Bantamweight action, Sean O'Malley, undefeated fighter, 10-0, and defeats uh, Andre Sokomthoff. Dana White, nor I, can seem to accurately produce, uh, pronounce his name. Dana didn't even try last night. He just he started it because they got fight of the night, and in the uh, post-fight press conference, he goes, uh, fight of the night was uh, Sean O'Malley and, um, you know, you know the guy. I'm I'm gonna butcher his name. You you know what it is. Like he didn't even try. I didn't blame him. It's a it's a tough name to pronounce. But uh, I think they call him Soak or Sook or something like that for a nickname. But uh, Sean O'Malley looked super impressive in this fight. Um, this guy, you know, I saw him fight in December at the Ultimate Fighter uh, finale. And he looked good. He he really was. He's the biggest breakout star that Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series has had. You've been to at least one of those, Travis, right? Did you yeah, go to more quite than a one? Few of them, yeah. Okay. Did you were you there the night O'Malley won and yep. Snoop Dogg was singing his praises yep. and all that? <laughs> the Sugar Show. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I saw him fight in December and. He won. It, it it was a little bit of a, by his standards, maybe more of a lackluster affair. That wasn't exactly a star-making performance uh, at the Ultimate Fighter finale. But last night was. Uh, this guy, first of all, uh, got a 10-8 uh, round on two judges' scorecards for the uh, first round. Almost had uh, Andre finished. Um, the... Uh, the 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 low kick game that uh, this kid had, along with you know his his innovation with spinning back fists, um, he had a, uh, a a a grappling chain that he strung together in the second round that went triangle. If I if I remember it correctly, it was like triangle to armbar attempt to anaconda into full mount rear naked choke attempt do you remember that whole sequence travis yeah and i was actually i wish i had pulled up something on it because i was gonna ask frank about it it looked like he had that triangle locked up pretty tight mm -hmm. and i couldn't figure out why he couldn't finish it because i don't i don't understand it but i was gonna ask frank about it but i forgot to pull a clip up about if, it if, uh, if you want to go ahead and start looking for it yeah if i remember correctly he he did have the triangle and he kept readjusting his his but so he, I got to look at it. I'll see. What yeah, yeah, yeah. He he there. There were, I think, at least two times that he unlocked his his feet and took his right hand and put it on his ankle to hold the 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 leg that's crossed behind, right. uh, behind his, his neck in place. But clearly put the other foot on the hip and re-angle it. Yeah, there, there was a reason he, he kept it? readjusting. Was it on the foot or on the shin? 
on the ankle. So he was locking over the ankle. Right. So there, there wasn't cause. Because one thing that is always, I do it all my submission holds. That's probably why, you know, mine are so correctly brutal, is that I take joints out of the equation. So if I'm going to triangle you, my, this is the back, you know, this leg is over your head, my left mm-hmm. leg, let's say. Then I put my, the back of my hand, my calf is always above my ankle. Okay. It can't touch the ankle because the ankle has all the bones in it, right? Yeah. It moves. Oh. So it's like me trying to – it'd be like me trying to like choke you with nunchucks, right? Yeah. There's give. Yeah. Okay. But if I bring it and take that out of it and put it right on the tibia, now it's all bone. And when I crush down on you, hmm. there is no give. I mean, now the bone has a little flexion to mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. but not compared to if I put it on the foot. And I see so many guys that put it on their ankle or their foot, and it gives that half an inch – yeah. quarter of an inch gap of of pressure and that's sometimes enough for a guy who's tough he's not going to go to sleep he's going to fight through it yeah he he readjusted a couple of times and then he yeah, was if your toes aren't pointing up in a triangle yeah on the, the foot that's being trapped behind the head you're probably not doing it right if your toes are pointing horizontal or uh, parallel to the mat yeah they're wrong yeah. Your toes should be able to flex completely pointing north. Yeah. And then, or, you know, then that means the triangle's correct. Yeah. He, he after he readjusts, the other thing, too, is I recall he may have had a hard time getting the, the trapped arm across his body. Yeah. And if that pushes down on the hips, that keeps a little bit of a gap over, too. But yeah. honestly, I've had people trap their elbow there. And as long as I get the shin good, and then it's all about pull, pulling down on the head. Mm-hmm. People get that wrong all the time. Like, I, I mean, Drysdale has a world class triangle. But if he can't put his hands on my head, I can be stuck in it. Everything can, else can be perfect, and I don't tap. Mm. I won't go to sleep. If I fuck up and let go of his hands, you know, then I'm mm. asking him what happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he uh, he 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 didn't lock it into uh, completion, but that that uh, chain that O'Malley had was super impressive. And then um, uh, and then. Uh, Round three, he suffered an injury. Now, round three, he threw a uh, a right uh, high kick to the head and seriously injured his foot somehow. Now, I say seriously, the word we got at the post-fight press conference, and this was uh, directly from Dana, was that his foot was not broken. They'd taken him to the hospital and x-rayed it, so maybe it's some kind of fracture-type situation. But a lot, I noticed a lot of people were talking online because – after the uh, decision was uh, – well, really right before the decision was announced, once the fight was over with and the adrenaline kind of calmed down, I think the pain set in, and he was on his back uh, laying on the mat when he heard the decision announced. Yeah, Rogan actually interviewed him uh, while he was laying on his back. I saw somebody made a meme out of that today, and it said uh, – uh, what happens when you fracture your foot and Joe Rogan wants to podcast? <laughs> uh, pull up, pull Dana back up there though, because I want to. Uh, I want his comments on uh, uh, the uh, the Holloway Ortiz fight, but also I talked to him about uh, Hector Lombard, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So anyway, uh, Sean O'Malley looked like the prospect that he's been touted as. Uh, last night. Very, very impressive performance from him, and uh, he collects the fight of the night bonus. All right, before we finish talking about the uh, main card, we may as well skip to um, a fight on the prelims, which saw Hector Lombard disqualified uh, against C.B. Dalloway in the first round. So here's uh, my questions with Dana. I'm going to talk to him about uh, Holloway. Do I keep saying Ortiz? If I am doing that, I mean to say Ortega. Just understand that there was a big boxing match last night. Um, 
with Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, and I've kind of had that yeah. on my mind. I think I even correctly... You haven't uh, got to see it yet. No. I, I, I didn't either, because yeah. like I yeah. said, I was out to dinner, so I, I did a play-by-play. I actually yeah. had to apologize to everybody at the table. Like, I'm going to be that asshole tonight who, yeah. for the first half hour, I'm staring at my phone. Were you like, normally I'm that asshole that's playing Clash of Clans, but tonight I'm that asshole yeah. that's trying to follow a boxing match. You know me so well. <laughs> now right. I at least excuse myself to go to the bathroom <laughs> and play Clash of Clans. Here's, uh, here's me talking uh, Dana, to Dana, just to follow up on the conversation of Ortiz, and Holloway, assuming uh, Holloway is, is healthy in short order, would maybe the July card be a good time to target that fight to Cobill? I don't know. We'll, 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 I don't know. Good. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Huh. But, but yeah, I want to make that fight as soon as possible. Yeah. I also want to get your thoughts on the Hector Lombard disqualification. That one uh, appeared to be a pretty blatant one. A pretty what? A, pr- a pretty blatant one in terms yeah, of after well, the bell. I, uh, when you watch the replay, you clearly see the referee yell stop and he yells stop in like a half a second and then Lombard throws that last punch that knocks him out. Yeah. It was the right call. All right, thanks. Um all right, so so to set this up, if people didn't see the the, the prelims, uh right at the the horn to end the first are we allowed round. to show that little highlight that we, we yeah. have a little view of it so yeah yeah folks we'll, we'll that are watching the uh youtube video yeah i think we can show that so so right at the uh horn uh lombard has he's he's uh he's caught a kick from dalloway he's got dalloway's uh i guess right leg in his yep. left hand and uh he throws a one, two. right left one two combination <laughs> Uh, that lands and and drops uh, Dalloway after the buzzer. Now he was disqualified for this the John- because uh, there's a little uh, half plug for the John Anik Kenny Florian podcast, uh, which is fine. We like those guys. Um, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah, we do. Just making sure. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm we, I'll sure. tell you if we don't. I we, like John Anik yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, and Florian's a good guy, yeah. too. I no, panicked on that one and started clicking. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like the, the, you're like at home and also you open up the window with a porno was on it. No! That's exactly what <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done. That. No. Travis got Travis got bored. <laughs> Travis got bored with our podcast. Just wanted to see what uh, yeah. Florian and Anik were He listened in on theirs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one's shit. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, so so it happens right at the horn. Dalloway is uh, is unable to continue, and he's disqualified. Now it looked like a solid DQ to one. me. Uh, you heard uh, Dana uh, agree with me. Frank may have a different take on this. Let's let's watch the replay here. Time in slow motion is the kick to the body. Now here's the buzzer, and boom, that's after the buzzer. And let's listen one more time. There's no question at all. That was 100% after the buzzer. All right, we'll talk that. All right, right, where you got, Frank? All right, I do agree that it's a disqualification because Mm -hmm. you have to protect uh, uh, um, CB. The mistake was made. Now, do I think it was a flagrant foul that he did on purpose, like the bell rang, he tried to get a cheap shot? Not at all. What I think is called a sequence. Anybody, even Dana, who's done aerobic boxing instruction, would understand that you call combos, right? So if I sit there and go one, two, three, your body is thinking not one, let me look, okay, there's the two, 
two. All right, let me look. There's the three. Mm-hmm. Three. Your body is sequenced that certain combinations your body leads through. It's like a dance move. Mm-hmm. You hit steps one, two, and three. Your body doesn't have to go one, two, three. You know, you're, you start having uh, uh, efficiency because you've drilled it so much, so many times that it's not a higher process thought. It's a reaction. So what's going on there is that that is a very common combination to do off of a kick. He caught the kick. He threw it down. He throws a lead hand, right? And then the buzzer stung. It, it goes through. But then his body already is going one, two. Catch the kick, one, two. He's probably drilled that a thousand times in the gym. So even though the buzzer went off, his body already is throwing the two when the one went. It's just a sequence of movements that is occurring. It's almost like a conversation where one word leads to the next. It just, it's just the, the sequence of movement. It's the momentum of the fight. And so his body just fucked up. He couldn't pull out of the sequence. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, uppercut hook. I throw the uppercut, now the buzzer rang, but my body already is loading up onto my leg, leg to throw that hook. You can pull from it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just trying to, for anybody at home that sits there and goes, well, that was fucked up. I'm like, he didn't throw the one and go, oh, now here's the two. His body was, he's drilled it so many times, it was a blink reflex. Mm-hmm. It's like dropping your hands and sprawling at the same time. You don't have to think, okay, down block, get my head in between, pull my legs back. We drill it so many times that, boom, you kick back. One motion leads to the next mm-hmm. in combination. It's like a snap down to a double. Mm-hmm. You know, Okay, I've drilled this so many times that if I snap you down and you lift your head up, as soon as I feel that tension, I let go and I shoot. Most high school wrestlers, you ask them, hey, after you, see, you feel that trigger, your body's going to drop, drive, you know, slide underneath the knee, the leg drag comes up, boom, you're going to drive into your shot. So that I think that's what really happened with him. Now, is it a disqualification? Yeah, because fuck, man, he got an unfair advantage now that he hit CB's, CB Dolloway is not going to be able to recover. But I don't think it should in any way diminish the character of, of Hector, who he and I, you know, I mean, we fought together on the same cards and stuff. But it's not like we're boys. I don't even have his number on my phone. But me seeing that, like if I was in C-Bay Dalloway's corner, I wouldn't go, man, that was fucked up, man. I'd be like, ah, shit, that's just fighting and that happens. Now, he ultimately has to be responsible yeah, for his hands. It, right? it, okay. yeah. Now, so let me ask you this, and I don't know the answer to this question, so so let me ask you from a, from a fighter's perspective. In that time frame where, and I, I think I think your points are fair that you know that's that when you're in mid sequence, you're it's not like you have one eye on the clock and you're watching no. it tick down to the last second. However, let me ask you this question: He's going to hear the ten second warning, you know, right? He's going to yeah. hear the sticks. Is there in a fighter's mind a, a thought that okay, I'm within that ten second yeah. window? So while I do there need should to, be. Yeah, yeah, so while I do need yeah. to step on the gas and finish strong, I also need you're, to be aware learning. it's not gonna catch you by surprise. You're absolutely yeah. right the point you're making, and it was a mental mistake of Hector to do yeah. that. Uh, again though, there are those after the bell shots where like especially off a break. If yeah. we're both clenched against yeah. each other and they'll see the boop and then I break away from you, right? And then boom, I throw the shot. You can deliberately see that, okay, you didn't initiate an offensive movement until after the bell. Yeah. Whereas Hector's offensive movement was initiated off the kick. 
that catch the kick, his catch one, two is all one mental sequence. Yeah. And that started a half a second before the bell and then finished a second yeah, after that, the bell. That makes sense. That's what happened there. Well, but what you're saying about being aware, I am. I'm yeah. very, you know, you're sitting there going, and, and but it happens. It happens in training. I feel bad when you're, that's the worst. I mean, obviously, it's, I guess I can't say it's the worst because losing your win yeah. and getting a DQ is the worst. But in training against your friends and sparring partners, Look, man, at least once a month, one of us are going to hit each other on the bell or after the bell on accident, especially in the heated moment. You're fighting, da 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 boom. And then it's even worse there because we only have a 30-second warning. We don't mm -hmm. get 10-second warnings in training. Yeah. Usually the bell, if you're doing a three-minute round, at two and a half minutes, their 30-second clock goes, dee, dee, dee. Okay, I got 30 seconds. That's a long time to forget <laughs> that, that yeah. there, you know, 30 seconds, you're not going to go, okay, I got 30 seconds. It's too much time to hold on to. So I, I've caught guys afterwards, you know, sequencing. You know, the, the shot that I most deliberately did, and I was like, oh, shit. And you could see even his reaction when he put his hand out. I remember one time with one of my training partners, I was setting up a level change straight left hand. So I go, you know, jab, level change. I took a shot, come back. As the buzzer rang, I changed levels. But then because my brain already knew what I wanted to do, beep, pow, a good half a second after the bell rang, a full heartbeat, I threw a straight left. By the time I threw it, I mean, even as I level changed, my partner was tired. He heard the bell ring and immediately just dropped his hands. And it, so if you're watching at home, you're like, dude, Frank Mears is a dick. He just purposely, his partner dropped his hands. But in my brain, I'm like, okay, boom, I'm going, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, do you think Lombard would have helped himself by exhibiting some kind of remorse in the moment? Yeah. Because the other problem, too, is when he landed it, he kind of pointed at him and walked away, like, take that. Yeah, you know? and I didn't know if that was a take that or if that was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could yeah. have, uh, you know, I don't know. I took it like, in fact, yeah. Afterwards, like you saying that, I'm like, yeah, that looks like what you're saying. I mm -hmm. can see that. But mm -hmm. my first thought was, oh, he pointed like, my bad, you know, fuck. Yeah. You know, like, no, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, like, you know, I kick someone in the groin on accident. It doesn't quite stop the pace of the fight. But it's one of those, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I acknowledge I made a mistake. You know, it's, you know, in, in the middle of combat, we kind of do that. I know it's weird to people, you know, here you're trying to kill each other in a fight. But even amongst that, you know what I mean? You get a jab in the eye. You know, if I poke someone in the eye, you sit there and go, oh, you know, you know, you touch your forehead. You do some kind of like, I acknowledge that I fucked up, meaning that I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? Relax, you know. Where if I don't get that kind of some kind of acknowledgement, like, all right, motherfucker, you're trying to play dirty. Well, let's bring out the dirty tricks. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he would have helped himself by yeah. some kind of a little bit more of, of a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was too poker faced afterwards. And the point, if he had been like, Oh shit. And put his hands together, yeah. lowered his stance. There's so many nonverbal communications. I think he could have done to help himself, mm -hmm. but I don't even think he registered at that moment. You know I mean? Yeah. A couple other, uh, points on the card here. Mackenzie Dern makes her UFC debut, takes a split decision over, Ashley Yoder, Mackenzie Dern, a decorated uh, jiu-jitsu competitor, coming over to uh, the UFC after some uh, uh, lower-level MMA experience. The fight stayed on the feet up until, what was that, Travis, the last minute of the third round? And uh, Dern did get her back and uh, got a got a rear naked choke in that Yoder was, was able to defend. Mackenzie Dern, I think in the final minute or 90 seconds of the fight, looked like what people were expecting the rest of the time it was boxing but um uh she is uh for several reasons i think a very marketable 
female oh. fighter. And uh, so we're definitely going to see some more of her. But it will be cool to see if uh, she what can. What weight was this at? Uh, they fought at uh, a straw weight. Yeah, 115. <sighs> Um, that's what's going to hurt her when she moves up to the other divisions. I think she's really an atom weight. Because if you look at her body, can you pull up a picture? Really? Real you know what? I stood next. Remember when she well, I don't did- know. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I've always just – because I've only been around her when she doesn't have a fight close up. Yeah. I've always seen her as very – you know what I mean? Like she's – I think she's kind of thicker. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Well, atom weight's going to be less than straw weight. Yeah. So you're saying she could actually go down. Yeah. Okay. I think that she's a little heavy for her weight class. Oh, but unnecessarily yeah. heavy. Okay, I see. I, <laughs> I was trying to I say this in a way not to get ripped by everybody. No, <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. Because I, I thought you meant she just looks like... like. Uh, no, I, yeah. I'm saying she's a little on the soft side. Uh, okay, yeah, gently. yeah, yeah. Because when I've... Yeah, because she did that... Uh, that ACB jujitsu card with us in LA. I mean, I like the look. Yeah. I'm not taking... I mean, as a... A fan of who I want to see in my bedroom, uh-huh. I prefer the softer look. Okay. But as somebody who's trying to manage a fighter, if I yeah. was her manager, I'd be like, all right, look, you know, yeah. I mean, we can get you a little bit light. You, you got know. your manager hat on. Yeah, there. you know. Well, so if I take off the boyfriend yeah. hat, yeah. which she's obviously very easy to look at, you yeah. know, uh, you know, uh, but uh, fuck, Mrs. Mears, I mean, <laughs> she was. Uh, I'm nervous right now. No, she, no, but I mean, I. You know I re- what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I remember because she did that ACB card uh, with us. Yeah, and I remember she's just. I mean, not not fat, but she's just a a thick, you say it better than I am. Strong okay. girl. What? More like I mean, we, a word like voluptuous would probably go along. Yeah. Which as a fighter, you don't want to be voluptuous for your weight class. Well. You've like been that. referred to as voluptuous a time or two. And, the, and, and rightfully <laughs> so. That's why I got uh, Aaron and Justin uh, Bloom over there at, 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 at uh, 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 Portion Control uh, yeah. fixing up my diet. Yeah, you, that's true. You are not looking so voluptuous. No, I'm trying not to be voluptuous anymore. Yeah. Right? Keep it in the ass and the shoulders, you know what I mean? But yeah. I got to get this midsection and get rid of it, you know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah. you know, you know, Roy Nelson has that, that market cornered, I think, with yeah. the big gut. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just um, you know, the no. dad bod thing, I'm just, I got to get rid of it. Of, mm-hmm. you know? and, and that's why you can see my hard work. Even right now, it's Sunday. Yeah. I keep looking at my phone. I've been texting with James Horn right now because yeah. we're scheduling my training for the rest of the day. Speaking of a guy who's not looking so voluptuous these days. No, a vegan diet. You know, yeah. we did the bod test yesterday. We had to test yeah. our body fat. I, I'm not going to give away where he was, but he's much lower than he was. He's much happier about his performance. He posted his results on oh, his Instagram. Oh, yeah. okay. Shit, I didn't look. Yeah, he's, he's turning right, well, into hey. one of those vegans now. Yeah. He's like, look at this. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and we're doing cardio together and training. I mean, he's, uh, you know, obviously he, he works with me inside the, uh, uh, you know, like uh, jujitsu drills and grappling. He's one of the partners to jump in. Mm-hmm. So he's not going the full time that I'm going because I'm always the man in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but when I do my strength and conditioning training, he does it alongside me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, hey, misery enjoys company. Yeah. And uh, so when uh, Adrian there at, at, at Dolce's is putting us through the, the ringer, you know, like right now, we're going to Dolce's at 1130, get our workout in. I thought it was going to be at the park. That's why mm-hmm. there's some confusion. I got to text Mrs. Mir. But um, he's doing my workouts with me. And, and like my recovery and stuff and he's key i mean he's right there so you know and i'm doing all this other stuff to increase my cardio he's just doing that so it's showing that you know that vegan diet is really helping you know what i mean yeah well with mckenzie dern and the idea of of uh maybe being more of a an atom weight fighter 
Uh, the problem with that is uh, women's strawweight is as light as it gets in the UFC, and I don't think they're going to create an atom weight division for her. So that being said, put your manager hat back on here again for a second. Uh, it seems like she's got to fight at strawweight until further notice yeah. because you want her in well, the UFC. As and then she has good height else. and great skill. Obviously, she's the most decorated female jiu-jitsu competitor right now. Yeah. Uh, you know. She has great flexibility, great attacks. You know, um, her stand-up is improving. I think she just now needs to become a little bit more physically astute, you know, yeah. a little bit more uh, put together, you know. And I think that if I had to guess what's missing, did we ever get a picture of her? I'm sorry. No, I, just, I couldn't find it. I was trying to find something from last night, but I couldn't. Uh, yeah. You just put Mackenzie Dern up yeah. there and just, you know. Yeah. And hopefully it won't just be her. Because she's a real pretty girl, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, she smiles. She lights up a room. Um, she has the... Uh, uh, credentials as far as jiu-jitsu background uh, she's sweet the way she talks she's intelligent she's great i mean i think she's a future star mm -hmm. uh once the mainstream world gets to know her. i mean everybody in jiu-jitsu world already is you know she's the darling of the jiu-jitsu world honestly mm -hmm. everybody you know loves her i mean you can just see like when she smiles she's a pretty girl she looks nice i just think that she needs to become a little bit more uh amanda nunez looking you know what I mean? where that just a little bit more tight, you know, and, mm. and, and put on some muscle and, you know, you're going to start fighting some really rough girls. I mean, even, uh, the, you know, the other girl who's pretty, you could tell that her physique, she has a six pack and she's hard, uh, uh, Paige Van Zandt, mm -hmm. you know, she puts in that extra muscle to, 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 and then cuts down. And I mean, really at this name of this game, I mean, in MMA, we're becoming such a mainstream world-class sport. It ain't like it used to be in the time when, you know, 20 years ago where you could be an extremely skilled jiu-jitsu competitor and go and choke out the the, the in-shape guy. Yeah. The in-shape guy now is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so now it's like it comes down to percentages. It's like, well, my technique will overcome the fact that I can only do three pull-ups. You know, it's like, no, I ain't going to happen no more. No, now no. that guy's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. He also wrestled in college. He has an amateur boxing background, and he trains, you know, twice a day, and he's physically fit. You're mm -hmm. not going to just lull him into a choke. You also have to. It's you can't. You have to be physically fit in our sport now. Couple other highlights on the card. Back to the main card for a second. Andre Arlovsky takes a unanimous decision over Stefan Struve. I tell you what, Frank. The story of this fight. It wasn't maybe the most exciting fight ever, but Andre Arlovsky had yeah. more takedowns in this fight than he has his entire UFC career. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, older fighter. You know, not older. I mean, he's only a year older than I am. I mean, yeah, older fighter. We are. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. Just embrace it. I like it when Frank argues with himself. Older fighter, well, no, not. But, yeah. But, yeah, old. As they say, a man has to find his equal. No, just, <laughs> uh, no but, so, but still making adjustments and learning how to win fights. You know, I mean, Andre, for a while, there was so in love with the boxing. And offensively, one was one of the best combination heavyweights that, you know, around. He's in the top of the list of guys that can put it together with punching combinations. But now has added. I mean, but I, mean, I remember training with him three or four years ago in Albuquerque. And when it was wrestling day, he absolutely hated it. He's like, I fucking hate wrestling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, buddy, you're wearing four ounce gloves, so there's going to be some wrestling involved on the fight night. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like I don't, I don't know if you can really honestly say you hate any aspect of our sport because you have to be able to know how to do it all. I mean, even John Jones knows how to throw a triangle up from the bottom. It might not be his go-to choice, mm -hmm. but he's capable and aware of all areas, and then you accentuate your strengths. So seeing that he actually now is developing takedowns, and, and Struve is such a long guy that at first you might sit there and go, well, yeah, it's easy to get under him. Yeah, it's easy to engage in a guy who's taller than you, but it's harder actually to disbalance him and take him down. 
Um, ask Daniel Cormier. Why does he have the impossible time taking down John Jones? Well, because John's center of gravity is so high, you can get in on his legs, but then when you pop your hips up, their feet are still touching the ground. It's harder to lift. Where if you get, it's harder to get in on a Daniel Cormier. But John was able to toss him around because once he pops his hips up, Daniel, you know, John steps up to neutral, and now Daniel's feet are six inches off the ground. Mm -hmm. So that's what you know for for Andre to be able to overcome that. It's not just shoot on Struve. It's easy. No, it's actually fucking hard to finish the takedown. Yeah. Easy to get in, hard to finish. Where you know, again, shorter guy, harder to get in, easier to finish. Yeah, so uh, Arlovsky uh, shows he's uh, he he still got plenty of fight left. Uh, kicking off the main card in women's bantamweight action, Kat Zingano defeated via split decision. Although this really should have been a unanimous decision, my girl Adelaide Bird was involved in this one. I think uh, enough enough said there. I'm so um, I can't deal with Adelaide Bird. Uh, Zingano is defeated by uh, Catlin Vieira who remains undefeated at 10 and 0 and is a uh, is is a hot uh bantamweight pro uh, title contender now uh coming in ranked number 5 and uh, uh look very impressive in doing so boy you know Travis and I were talking about this before the show started Kadzangano you know for as as tough as she has been over the years and and for all I mean obviously former women's bantamweight challenger to Ronda Rousey went through uh serious injury issues serious personal issues uh with the the suicide of her her husband and I mean just un unbelievable stuff she's had to go through and it seems like now in her mid 30s still very competitive, but you just wonder if she's ever really going to be able to get back to that title contention level, you know, because you think about just, and it's such an unfortunate set of circumstances, but you remember that's how Misha Tate got into that uh, coaching season with Ronda Rousey because Kat uh. Zingano was supposed to have that spot, got hurt. Well, and how old is she exactly? She's 35? 35, right? Uh. That's not, I think, 35, yeah. She still has time. Um, and I don't think the depth of the women's division is to the point where I mean, if we were well, talking, that's true. If we were talking about you know somebody at welterweight or yeah. somebody in the, in the men's division, but uh, women are still a much smaller pool of female fighters out there. Cat is a very skilled fighter. I think that she still has time to put the pieces together and get some momentum. I mean, in one year you could put together a three fight win streak, and I think a three fight win streak is enough in that weight class to get you once your name's on the board already i think she can get into title shot again so i think she's still there i think it's just still plugging away and just you know there's a lot of luck in fighting and in this entertainment world of of just not having the wrong things happen at the wrong time you know uh i always tell people that's why i i don't want my children to be professional fighters they all have to train martial arts i, I say that all the time like you know i just told cage of the day because he's really in love with wrestling and boxing but he's he's been slacking on jujitsu i don't think he's showing up jujitsu in six months now and i told him I said, before you graduate high school i'll never buy you a car until you're at least a purple belt in jujitsu you got to be a purple belt, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then you get to get the car. You know, I'll buy you a new car w when you leave to go to college. You buy me a car when I get my purple belt? We'll talk, man. Okay. We'll talk. Right. You know, especially if you get a Drysdale purple belt. That's pretty respectable. Okay. But and it's something not, to shoot for. And I'm not even telling me he does competitions. He just has to know how to handle himself. Yeah. That if he's out, you know, and somebody tries to, you know, take his milk money, he could take their arm off, you mm -hmm. know? And, uh, you know, but... Because the reason why is I, I love fighting, but me getting paid for it is great because it lets me go train. Why Mrs. Mir doesn't yell at me, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
but you break your ankle at the wrong time. You get the flu on the wrong day. We all get colds. Like There's no one who doesn't get a cold once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine you get your cold the day before you fight. Now your respiratory system is all inflamed and you can't take a deep yeah. breath. So that's why when I say there's luck involved in being a professional fighter, it's even more so than it is in any other sport, I feel, because look – Baseball, you get 170 chances to go prove yourself in a season. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a ton of games. Football, why it's in season, you can throw four interceptions on Sunday, but guess what? Next week, you can redeem yourself. And, and then you have seven days that you got to eat shit on the internet, but you can go and fix it the next weekend. You know, barring the Super Bowl, you'll, you, the, the next you know, game is coming up. You know, uh, in the fight world, you have a bad performance or things don't line up like Kat Zagano. Now she has three or four months minimum before we're going to see her again most likely, right? Yeah. And that's a long time for people to sit there and go, oh, your age, this and that. And for you to sit at home and let that shit fucking sink in. And, and people can really be – they can hear that and it can either, A, like it does me, piss me the fuck off and make me show up at the gym on Sunday. <laughs> or, B, you can sit there and go, well, am I being realistic about this? Because there's a part of being a fighter that has to be unrealistic. I can't look at all the odds and go, well, the chances of me coming back at 38 and doing this, mm-hmm. it's like, fuck that. The chances of me doing A, B, and C that I've done in my career were actually slim to none. I believed 100% it was going to happen. And so you go out there and do it. And so there's that logical, uh, uh, you have to do, you know, uh, suspend your logic for a little bit to want to be a professional athlete, which isn't easy, especially the more intelligent you are. And the few times I've talked to Kat, I've, I've gathered that she's a pretty clever girl. You hit that. I mean, I've done that. I sit there and go, well, I could either just commentate and promote now. That makes good money. I mean, fighting, I've done that. You know what I mean? You could sit there and break down odds in your head and talk mm-hmm. yourself out of shit because that's actually being realistic. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be the 1% world champions and go out there and, and break records and be a legend, you almost got to sit there and go, okay, you know, if you go through that house, there's a 90% chance you're going to burn alive. Yeah, so you're saying there's a 10% chance I can make it, right? You almost got to do that. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boom, I'm going, you know? Yeah. Also, on the uh, prelims, maybe the guy who's uh, had the biggest uh, uh, break of of good fortune on this entire card was Alex Hernandez, a guy who was debuting in the UFC last night on short notice, took a fight against number 12-ranked lightweight Benil Derouche. That was supposed to be Bobby Green's fight. If you recall, Frank, when we had uh, James Vick on a couple of weeks ago, he actually kind of broke the news to, our, to us, I hadn't heard it up to that point that Bobby Green was hurt and was going to be out of that fight. Vic had lost a fight to Derouche and, and was saying if it had been even just a few weeks later, he would have liked to have uh, to to take that fight. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, now uh, Vic may uh, turn his attention toward uh, Alexander Hernandez because uh, yeah, this put guy, himself on the map real fast. Yeah, huh? this guy scores a uh, highlight reel uh, first round knockout of Benil Derouche, and uh, uh, also I think made the most of his. Uh, his post-fight interview, too. Real it, quick, yeah. just because we'll do the last thing. I was going to try to text you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing the park workout today. Okay. So I'm doing – we're going to Dolce's gym, okay. which is three minutes away from here. So yes. as long as we wrap up by 11.10 now. Okay. We don't have to – I told you 10.50. So you thought you had four minutes. We got 20 minutes. All right. That's good stuff. That's uh, good news for the Phone Booth Fighting Podcast listener. Uh, it's good news for Mike Dolce. He got a little plug in there. Yeah. He always appreciates well, yeah, that. Adrian is the guy who's doing my strength Yep. now you can see him all over the internet i am so happy with him right now i mean my energy levels my strength he really embraces that like we're gonna make your weaknesses better 
but we're going to focus on increasing your strengths. And yeah. every other coach I've ever had, eh, I'm not going to say that, most coaches have had in the past, it's like, okay, well, you're already strong, so we're not going to work on that. You're already explosive. Let's not mm -hmm. work on that. Let's try to get your endurance up this and that. And all it does is make me weaker, make me less explosive. And then I'm a shitty endurance athlete anyways. I mean, if we go run marathons, run up a hill, I'm not Forrest Griffin. Mm -hmm. But if you sit there and go, okay, you see that really heavy weight over there? I'm like, yeah, I want you to throw it over to that side of the room. All right, let's fucking go. I look like, you know, I should be in the NFL. I'm good at that. So we accentuate on that, but still building up. I mean, you saw the pool workouts. I'm like a cat when it comes to water. I fucking mm -hmm. hate the shit. Yeah. But that endurance training, you know what I mean? I have to be honest with you. I don't know if this makes me the, the greatest friend or not, but I was looking at the picture of you and James and your wet, glistening bodies just getting out of the pool, and I was thinking Photoshop. I was like, what can I do with this? Because uh -oh. it, there's some I, – I didn't quite – Don't give the fans any ideas. <laughs> Off air, you could tell me what you were going to do. Did you like our one mockery that we did on uh, uh, Adrian? Yes. That was yes. funny shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the picture? Yeah, the guy that looked like he just got arrested. Yeah, that's yeah. Adrian. Like, we're sitting there. I'm like, all right, everybody smile. Like, because that's my thing, man. Like, look, we're all fighters. We got tattoos. We beat people up. Let's, let's, let's stop the tough guy act. We're all cool. So we're all smiling after practice. And there's Adrian. Look, looks like, yeah, he looks like, no, no, uh, what's his name? Uh, who said it the funniest? Fuck, I got to give credit where credit's due. I can't remember now. But one of the guys in the group go, it looks like. I think you guys said it on the last podcast. Yeah. James, James said it. What did he say? It looked like you guys are the DEA guy. No. Yeah, that's right. James said it. That's right. You're no, that, no, that didn't. was Richard. That was you. Oh, it see, was, Richard. It was the professional comedian. It was a professional comedian. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And, and you like how I really wanted to make sure I gave it? I do. Like, I okay, like hold that. on. Someone said a really funny one. I got to yeah. give credit where credit is due. And yeah. it was Richard. Yeah, when you said that, it looked like we're like the uh, the agents that just busted the yeah. drug lord. And they're, <laughs> He's the one getting extradited. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was the best one yet. Yeah, see, that's yeah. proof that even if I'm not here, I'm still listening. That's right. We appreciate yeah, you that. You are. Yeah. Fucking James. Yeah, yeah, James. Was James like, at home right now, texting the shit out of me. Doesn't listen to our show. Yeah, I know. He was asking questions about something we talked about on the. Yeah, you called him on that. It. That's right. Uh, anyway, so so uh, Alexander Hernandez. I just what I was going to say though about his post fight comments. It was like not McGregor esque in terms of uh, you know he wasn't uh, he 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 wasn't turning full carnival barker, but he did speak with a. I thought a, a, an impressive level of confidence, sort of like I'm always impressed with the guys who get the the you know the the lucky break, the circumstantial break to be there, but then can not only uh, take that opportunity, but really come across looking like they are meant to be there. You know, like yeah. if I had not uh, known the backstory, I would have just assumed this is a guy who's had a handful of fights in the UFC, and that's the best look to possibly have yeah. uh, when you're when you're coming in new. Um, also, uh, John Dotson, former flyweight uh, title challenger, of course, has now moved up to bantamweight. His last uh, handful of fights defeats uh, Pedro Munoz, uh, Munoz by uh, split decision. The interesting thing about this fight is this is Dotson's last fight on his contract. Some are saying that uh, he could turn up in another organization, maybe over there with you and Bellator. Yeah, and, or with me at ACB. <laughs> or that. And and the, the, the thing to really consider there, if you're Dotson, is that you know he's uh, he ate before the win last night, so uh, you know obviously he's he's moving up if he's moving at all. 
Um, and, and, you know, there may eventually be a Bantamweight title shot in his future in the UFC, but if he were to jump over to another organization right now, I mean, he would have to be instantly in title oh, contention. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He has a guy is a, is a very explosive. He's had some great fights there with uh, Demetrius Johnson. I mean, yeah. a couple times there, he was the only guy that looked like it could possibly give him a run for his money, but, I mean, DJ just fucking hit another gear on him and knocked him out in that last outing that they had together. Right, It was a knockout, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, DJ's DJ, but Dotson, I think, I mean, if it wasn't for DJ, you know, Dotson would be one of the, would have already held a belt at some point at 125. Mm. So, yeah, if he comes over, I mean, Bellator obviously could use him a lot. Uh, ACB could use him. I mean, that guy, you know, he needs to sit down and relax before he re-signs the UFC because he is a commodity, and and I think that, uh, here, uh, today's manager day for me. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm actually going to text him and make sure he knows. Yeah. Hey, uh, before you resign with the UFC, why don't you tell me what you're getting? We could talk to Coker, and then we could talk to uh, uh, you know Merback, and uh, maybe uh, make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. Look at Frank putting the fighter deals together. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, also, uh, one more mention here. Um, this was uh, early in the night. This was on the Fight Pass prelims, but uh, Mike Pyle fought his 42nd fight, his last fight ever and uh he was knocked out in the first round by zach uh, uh otow and uh he he was he was real upset after the fight very emotional he got the um even the the uh coming up short he got the post-fight interview just because it you know it was yeah. his last fight got a chance to say goodbye to everybody and you know this is a guy who he he didn't he, he was a wec title holder he didn't hold a title in the ufc but um you know he He's been around for so long. I mean, he goes back to, like, no-holds-barred days. Yeah. And, and a lot of people may not know, the more casual fan may not know the, the Mike Powell story, but definitely a guy who could fall into the pioneer category. Oh, absolutely. And also a guy that I have always heard, Frank, was as far as, as toughness in the gym goes, was always one of the toughest guys. Yeah, skill. In with. fact, yeah. when we talk about fighters who, when they decide, are going to become full time head coaches, uh, he's at the top of the list mm. of. of, of uh, uh, sorry, the wife. Oh, uh, I thought uh, you had the word on your phone. Of uh, no, no. Of, uh, well, I, I was getting technicians, text, technicians, but I just saw James, and James is who I've been texting with the whole oh. time. And I'm like, well, James, there, who's texting me now? It's the wife too. Oh, okay. So, anyways, um, where was I? Where am I? You were just talking about how uh, how oh, skilled Mike Pyle is. Yeah, as far as handful of fighters that will make you know a great yeah. head coaches because they understand the game inside and out yeah. and been in there and have experience and and um, you know he's. At the top of just about anybody who's trained or been in the room with him, I don't think anybody ever would argue with me that he's going to be a, a great one. No one would argue that fact, or maybe one of the best ones. You know, so you know, uh, it sucks he got he went out like that, and I, I'm kind of hoping because he trains at Dolce's. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to try to run into him and be like, "Hey, why don't we just not retire? You retire from the UFC." But let's take another fight, maybe one or two, in, a, in somewhere else, and we'll give you an. You know, not a give me fight, but maybe a younger guy needs your fight that is much more able to go out on a win. Mm-hmm. Just you know, let's have your last fight be a win. You know, I I don't know. You know, shit. I I think that somebody who's had such a long career as him to go out on a knockout loss. You know, at mm-hmm. 42 years of age, like I don't know. I'm just not there yet. I just know I couldn't. It would. I would announce my under retirement. Like, nope, fuck this, guys. Mm. We're doing it again. But I mean, that's just who I am. And yeah. 
You know, I'm that same guy. If you tap me in the gym, I'm not leaving until I come back and fix whatever I fixed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I can't leave on a sour note or my wife won't even be in the same room with me. I got to go sleep downstairs, you know, yeah. because I'm just, it eats me. Well, maybe uh, I, I did invite him on the podcast when I saw him yeah, earlier did. this week. So maybe we can have this whole discussion with him on the air and you can try uh, to make one or two more fights for him. I was thinking about this mathematically, though. He's 42. He just had his 42nd fight. It is impressive when your age matches the number of fights you've had, especially when it's that high of a number. Like, I was sort of trying to do the math in my head while I was in the shower, thinking about, like, what, like, like the, the, what do you call that? Like, a, not a bell curve, but a, uh, a para, parallax, uh, uh, you know, where it, where things interlace, a line graph interjection. Where, yeah, where there's yeah, like we, an we, intersect. We need the uh, my kids here. They're, they're better at algebra oh, yeah, and yeah, geometry. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking like you know because it's one thing if you're, uh, uh, well, I mean, gosh, if you're, you wouldn't be like you wouldn't have had 18 fights by the time you're 18. You wouldn't have 20 fights by the time you're 20. But to get to that level, now there's a situation where you could have you know, 60-something fights by the time that you're 40, but... Well, yeah, I mean, you got guys like Alistair. I mean, he has yeah. more fights than he is of age, so... Yeah, but but that is pretty impressive, though, yeah. when you are when you get up there and uh, your age can... Now, anybody over fights 30 fights, man, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, an MMA, yeah. I mean, I think the average fight career is probably 15 to 25 if we look through guys. Yeah. You know, so yeah. once you start breaking into 30s, 40s, 50s... Yeah, yeah. You've had some brawling. Well, uh, thumbs up to UFC 222, and you know it was one of those cards that uh, it, like I said, it 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 suffered from from uh, injury to one of the main fights. It it didn't have the most depth on it in terms of uh, of, of star power, but a lot of times those cards are the ones where somebody can really emerge yeah. with a breakout performance. I mean, uh, you know, I think unquestionably last night that was Brian Ortega, but the stage was set perfectly uh, for him to do that. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on on something since we do have a, a, a few more minutes. Actually, now we Oh, now we don't again? Yeah, four. Okay. What's, how is this moving? This is like watching the stock market. That's this, my life, man. It's yeah. training. I was like, oh, shit, I got to do this, do that. And yeah. When you're training for a fight and you're also running around the world commentating and yeah. and then have a wife with a bunch of children. and, and I, uh, I guess so. I guess I, so. I've got a difference of opinion with you on something. Okay. So well, we have time to slide. Oh, down. yeah, yeah please that. that. I love different yeah. opinions. So, you're, you've, you've been pretty critical on T-Mobile Arena. And so, oh, yeah. And yeah. I always value your opinion. So I and let in. me just say what my criticism is. Let me just set this up. I just think it's too big for fights. I My position is that fights, boxing, MMA should not take place in something larger than about roughly 10,000 seats as opposed to almost 20,000, which I think T-Mobile is. Sorry, go ahead. So, and uh, I, I think the same way. I, I've been to quite a few fights in, in, in different arenas. Uh, you know, I've been to small ones like the Pearl, the Palm, mm-hmm. as a, and uh, the, at the joint and the hard rock oh, stuff like yeah. that, R- real intimate. Those are settings. nice. You know, yeah. it's 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 really cool. But I've also been to like Madison Square Garden. Yes, which is way too big. Yeah, it, it was it was a horrible experience. But uh, so listen to you always talk. I've never been inside T-Mobile. Oh, you had not. I haven't been to a hockey game. I haven't been to anything. I just assume you built it. No, I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, so I went in a little nervous. You know, we we bought balcony tickets. Yeah. You know? And uh, I thought, yeah, it's just gonna be a fun experience. But I was actually surprised. Our view, it didn't feel any different to me as sitting in like the MGM. 
Really? Yeah, it didn't. I, I, other than the, the, the rows being really close together and not yeah. much leg room, my view, we, huh, we, we had a great view. Mm. I mean, it was there was nothing to complain about. Were you on the one of the ends or more the the? I was on the balcony directly behind the blue corner. Okay, so so the the closer ends of you know you're going to have two closer sides and two farther yep. sides. Okay, so, yeah, so that helped closer, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, look, and I'm 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 spoiled too. Uh, all right, we're going to get Hayden on here Hayden, for his thirteen-year-old uh, perspective on uh, the T-Mobile Arena experience. Hayden, have you? This is Travis's son uh, off camera here. Hayden, have you seen? Uh, is this your first MMA fight to go to or no? Yeah, my first MMA fight. First one. Okay. So, what did you think in terms of the the viewing experience and all that? Her first time, I thought it was pretty cool. I kind of wish the cyborg fight would have lasted longer. Yes. Instead of just being the first round um, yes. elimination. So did Yana Kunitskawa, by the way. She <laughs> yeah. said the exact same thing to me after the the uh, the fight. I like the I forgot the the seven foot tall guy in the pit bull. I like Stefan Struve. Yeah. Yep. I like the that skyscraper fight. in the pit bull. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite fights was the um, Brazilian and the cat. Cat Zingano. Yeah, Cat yeah, Zingano. Yeah. Now I don't I I don't know if uh uh this thought ran through your head, Hayden, when uh uh Stefan Struve fought Andre Arlovsky, but for me that was the best musical matchup of the night, uh, with the walkout music. You had yeah. uh Andre Arlovsky's Johnny Cash matching up against uh Stefan Struve's uh Motorhead. Yeah. So are you familiar with either one of those? I'm, I'm familiar with the Johnny Cash, Good. not the Motorhead. Okay, we'll work on that after the show. You know, come on, real quick. Can you put your boot up real quick in front of the camera? Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah I can see. Trust it. me, yeah. he knew. You knew exactly. He would know who Johnny Cash was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motorhead. I'd have been a little shocked on. We're that. halfway there. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. That's a good deal. Yeah, because uh, uh, it was. Uh, uh, I pay attention to things like that. You know, that one one battle I usually have is with the DJ in those arenas. Uh, but he he was he was not too bad no, last fighters night. Fighters choosing right. I, yeah. I only heard turn down for what once last night. Oh my god, yeah. turn down for what? We always hear turn down for what and uh, move, bitch, get out of the way. Yeah. That's another one you can always uh, expect here. I heard I, he did. Now that I think about it, he did upset me last night. I heard one thing he did last night. It was some guy rapping over ACDC's Back in Black. That's all this what? The guy took Back in Black. It's a dun 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 And that's playing underneath it, and there's a guy talking over that. Now, how is that some other song other than a guy talking over Back in Black? It frustrates me. I guess people click on, I guess. I don't know. All, All right. right. Well, our four minutes is up. Uh, nicely done there, Travis. That was like uh, Andy Rooney's yeah. bit on 60 Minutes where you come on. The yeah. You never wonder why. <laughs> you know what bugs me. This yeah. is Travis, man. Can we get you on more often, buddy? I mean, what's going on? Yeah, Are you leaving or not? You, you bought a house. You're staying, oh, no. right? So uh, I'm definitely staying in town. We just, we just bought a house. We should have the keys like Thursday Perfect. or Friday. So then yeah. we need to start working out your schedule yeah. to yeah. where you can be our fourth man. That, that's been my goal. We have Mikey there working mm -hmm. the uh, the doing director right, but then other shows have their manager or yeah. whatever the producer, or whatever producer. this guy will be. Yeah. No, I, I would love to. I, I miss it. Uh, yeah, man, we miss my, you, my buddy. Whole, my whole life is suffering right now. Like, uh, I've, I've been working six or seven days a week. I've I've put my dive gear away. Like, it's packed oh. up. It's, oh no! I you know like you hide certain things, you just don't see them. You yes, know what I mean? yes. My dive gear's 
put away. All my dive buddies know, don't call me. The no. answer's no. Because, I mean, it, it, this is short term. I mean, it's uh, I got another month of crazy hours. All right, and, and then, then you can hit some normal hours? Back. Yeah. Right. Are like, you interested right. maybe coming back on just oh, yeah. to be a fourth 100%, 100%. man? 100%. 100%. Cool. I haven't had to have any adult conversations in a long time. Like, well, and I like the banter <laughs> you of the get show. A lot I mean, of that on the fans at home can say. I don't. <laughs> Don't you? I told you that. Like the other day, even with, I mean, Angelo's crazy, but having, you yeah. know, even having James, I was like, man, we should have more guys on here. Cause I thought when we had that interaction, like I was sitting there for a moment going, man, there's five of us here with mics right now, you know, and talking. Yeah. And I thought it came off great. Yeah. It was. It was one of our better episodes. It's like being at the bar with your buddy, you know, one on one with a beer is a great time. Four friends that really enjoy each other's company with beer. I'm uh, trying to figure out how to get beer on the show, dude. You know? Yeah, well, if, uh, if, if it's if not the friend angle I'm pulling, I'm trying to get alcohol. No, I'm just if you're a beer sponsor out there, let us hear from you. We got our water sponsor with Real Water, so we're good there. We need a beer yes. sponsor, and I'll tell you what else we need is a backpack sponsor. Yeah, we're still I'm working put on that. that word out because uh, I've got to uh, I've got to have a dependable backpack that uh, I can uh, bring into Fight Week. I'm for, pretty sure uh, James is going to be able to help you with that too, because I mean, I'm thinking that him and, and accessories, you know, because he's the yeah. Man. Yeah. The shoe man. The shoe yeah. man. He, he's laughing over there. Here yeah. The sneaker black belt. Yeah. He is the sneaker black belt All on right. Instagram. Cool. All right. Well, this uh, this has been uh, hardcore fight talk on a yep. Sunday morning. So hopefully uh, everybody appreciated our rapid response to UFC 222. You know, we should do this as often as nah, possible. We're going to. If so, as long, unless people don't like what we're doing and say, nah. Yeah. But um, I think dude, we're going to go ahead and I told you, well, definitely do the Sunday morning show. Yeah. And maybe make it a total of three shows now. Yeah. Two shows that are the mixture of us going back and forth where fights are discussed, but then we start discussing gun control. And, hey, the, the AIPAC, uh, the mm-hmm. APAC thing, mm-hmm. uh, I went and looked it up. Who was that? Uh, I don't remember the name of the guy that emailed. I'll have just, to look up his if name. If you're listening, yeah. I did look that up, and that's some scary shit, buddy. You got me watching. We'll talk right? about it. Yeah, yeah. we'll so talk anyway, about so it. So anyway, so having that episode. stuff. Uh, to talk yeah. about, you know, about how, you know, the Israeli foreign affairs just really meddling with ours way too much. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, or then have this Sunday show be our, let's break down fights that happened over the weekend. You know, I yeah. wanted to get more on boxing, but I, I guess we could say that. We'll do it. And we'll how out. was the response with Angela? Are we okay? Can we bring Angela talking about the boxing again? Or You know what? Angela really behaved himself. Yeah, he did. I, I thought yeah. so. But how did the fans, are you guys okay I, with them? They, they seemed calm. Right. I mean, I didn't see a. Uh, we'll always yeah. bring Angela with James, but I'm going to have James have that hook. Yeah. Right? And we just sit like there. Like a lion tamer. Yeah. Well, like no. A, like they used to do in the old, like, you know. Like, oh, the vaudeville? Yeah, yeah. right. And you fuck up. They just, we'll hook them by the yeah, neck da, da, and pull da, da, them off. Yeah, da, 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 uh, yeah. And I'll sit here with clippers on the mic. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that we'll do that. Just breakdowns of the fights yeah. and then preludes and make this a, a 90% fight show. I like that. And, and we'll crank it out real quick, too, which is nice because uh, that way it's uh, rapid response. Uh, like I said, UFC 222 is only yeah. like 12 hours old. We could old be part of everybody's point. Monday morning. That's hour. right. Water cooler talk. That's the idea. All right, so do us a favor. If you like uh, that game plan, do us this favor, and it won't cost you a thing. Uh, go on iTunes, look up Phone Booth Fighting, click on the five stars. Give us that five-star rating. That's very Huge. beneficial to Huge. us. And uh, if you're feeling extra generous, again, won't cost you a thing, write a favorable line or two in the uh, comments and reviews section. We like to read those on yep. the air. That helps us well, Once a month, well. we try to get that out. Yep, we like to share those. Tell a friend about phone booth fighting. That's how we're going to grow this thing one listener at a time. And uh, if you oh. would like to financially support yes. the show, go to... You uh, want to financially help us. Yes, go to, <laughs> go to phone booth fighting com. There is an Amazon banner right there on yeah. the front. When you're shopping on Amazon, 
click through that Amazon banner on the front of phoneboothfighting.com, and here's Frank Mir to tell you why you would want to do that. Well, it's one of the easiest ways to help us out. You're going to do your shopping. You're going to get the things you want at home, and Amazon is an extremely convenient way to do so. Hell, we all do it. But by going through our banner, that's the only extra effort it takes on your part. It helps us out by giving us a small percentage of your purchase comes back here at the show at no extra cost to you. Whatever, if it was a dollar before, it's a dollar now, except for Amazon's going to kick us back a little bit. Hey, shout out to a guy, and I, I, I can't see the names of the people. Don't worry, your personal information is not compromised. Has anybody I, bought a strap on yet? Not that I I'm disappointed seen. in our fans. Not that I've seen, but, but shout out to this guy, though. We had a guy uh, within the last couple of weeks that has outfitted an entire home gym. I know. You t- when we he, first started, he said he was going to do that. Yeah, this guy brought like uh, mats and and heavy bags and. Oh no, no I'm thinking about stuff. the the audio. Uh, yeah, one guy did his home theater. Yeah, home theater. Sorry. Yeah, oh, no, so the guy did a whole gym. Yeah, just in the last couple of weeks. So uh, and that that's hugely beneficial to us. We Hopefully, little, it's Galen, right? First, you're not my gym. Yeah, I don't Better know if it was him or not. But uh, <laughs> you get a we get a little taste of that, and uh, it's no extra cost to you. Uh, so we appreciate you uh, doing that. Also, official phone booth fighting merchandise like the uh, awesome phone booth fighting T-shirt I happen to be wearing right now is uh, available at phoneboothfighting.com in uh, the store section. Uh, all right, uh, Frank, tell them how to follow us on social media. Well, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, just follow us at Phone Booth Fighting. If it's Snapchat or Twitter, just Phone Booth Fight. All right. For Frank Mir and uh, for myself, Richard Hunter, and for Travis over there, guest producing, uh, reviving his old role. Uh, he did an awesome job. Thanks for coming up and spending Sunday morning with us. Yeah, man. It's cool. And uh, thank you to you for joining us uh, for another episode of Phone Booth Fighting. Remember, you can watch all of these. If uh, you're listening to audio only, you can also watch them. Uh, on our Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel. So check that out. We're trying to grow that thing as well. Uh, We appreciate you being with us, and uh, we will see you right back here next time on Phone Booth Fighting. Everybody was Kung Fu Fighting.